This is the Podvig, a weekly podcast containing reflections and encouragement from Holy Scripture, the saints, their lives, and the hymnody of the Holy Orthodox Church for your Podvig, that is, for your spiritual struggle in the war against the passions. And I am Joel Dunn. Let's get to it. According to St. Seraphim of Sarov, the purpose of the Christian life is the acquisition of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, this episode is a reflection on the profound significance of Pentecost in Eastern Orthodox Christianity. The Feast of Pentecost finds its origin in the Old Testament Feast of Weeks, which, according to Leviticus 23, was to be celebrated the day after the seventh Sabbath, which was a Saturday, following Passover, 50 days. The Feast of Weeks was a harvest feast where the first fruits of grain were offered to God. Pentecost in Greek means 50 because it occurs 50 days after Pascha. The number 50 is symbolically significant. According to Father Alexander Schmemann, it symbolizes the fullness of time by its first component, 49, which is the fullness of seven, seven times seven, the number of time, and it symbolizes that which is beyond time by its second component, 49 plus one, one being the new day, the day without evening, of God's eternal kingdom. The Feast of Weeks, like Passover, was a feast that required a pilgrimage to Jerusalem which prompted St. John Chrysostom to observe, for it was essential that the present events likewise should take place during the feast, that those who had witnessed the crucifixion of Christ might also behold these. The Liturgical Importance of Pentecost On the eve of Pentecost, the all-night vigil service begins with a solemn invitation. Let us celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the appointed day of promise, and the fulfillment of hope, the mystery which is as great as it is precious. At the end of the Apostolica hymns, for the first time since Easter, we sing the hymn, O Heavenly King, Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, which, according to Father Alexander Schmemann, is the life-breath of the Church, and whose coming to us, whose descent upon us in this festal vigil, is indeed the very experience of the Holy Spirit coming and abiding in us. The Divine Liturgy for Pentecost is immediately followed by the Kneeling Vespers, which includes three special prayers. Again, according to Father Alexander Schmemann, in the first prayer we bring to God our repentance, our increased appeal for forgiveness of sins, the first condition for entering into the Kingdom of God. In the second prayer, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to teach us to pray and to follow the true path in the dark and difficult night of our earthly existence. Finally, in the third prayer, we remember all those who have achieved their earthly journey, but who are united with us in the eternal love of God. Pentecost as described in Scripture. 
In a word, the focus here is unity. Acts 2.1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. St. John Chrysostom says, When the Holy Spirit descended and clothed the apostles with his power, they brought together people of different languages into one unity. While the resurrected Christ appeared just to some of the apostles, remember Thomas was missing initially, the Holy Spirit came only when all were gathered together. This signifies the unity of the church. The church is one, just as the Father and the Son are one. St. Cyril of Alexandria beautifully describes the unity of the church, where he says, Christ, having taken as an example an image of that invisible love, accord, and unity, which is conceivable only in unanimity, the unity of essence which the Father has with him and which he in turn has with the Father, desires that we too should unite with each other. The image of divine unity and the consubstantial nature of the Holy Trinity as a most perfect interpretation must be reflected in the unity of the believers who are of one heart and mind. Remember Jeremiah prophesied, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever. The Cloven Tongues Acts 2, 3-4 say, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. While we tend to attribute a forked tongue to the evil one, remember that leaven is used in the Bible to describe both sin and the kingdom of heaven. Instead of thinking about the tongues from the inside out, think of them from the outside in. St. John Chrysostom says of this passage, It is well said cloven, for they were from one root, that you may learn that it was the operation sent from the Comforter. The Kentuckian for the Feast of Pentecost explains this symbolic inversion well. Once, when he descended and confounded the tongues, the Most High divided the nations. And when he divided the tongues of fire, he called all men into unity. And with one accord we glorify the All-Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, the confusion of language from the Tower of Babel is completely overcome by Christ, the Word. The reunion of all people is accomplished by the descent of the Holy Spirit without destroying national boundaries. From the prophecy of Zephaniah, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, that they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. The Theology of Pentecost Pentecost is the birthday of the Church, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the Apostles, igniting their hearts with the fire of divine love, and empowering them to proclaim the Gospel to all nations. St. Augustine of Hippo But the Holy Spirit did not just come to the Apostles alone. St. John Chrysostom is very clear that everyone in the upper room that day received the Holy Spirit, since the prophet Joel prophesied that God would pour out his Spirit on all flesh.
1 Corinthians 15.45 says the first Adam became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Christ reconciled the entire human race through his death, burial, and resurrection, and, like Adam, provided both a body and the blood necessary for his bride, the church. Pentecost is the recreation of the woman, wherein God breathes the Holy Spirit into the body and blood taken from the side of his Son on the cross. The power of the Holy Spirit, the uncreated energies of God, now animates the unified body of Christ, which is the church. This is why both the woman in Genesis and the Holy Spirit are called helper. St. Paul in Romans 7, 4 says, Ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. At Pentecost, the church is fully united as one body, its constituent members sharing not only in Christ's humanity, but also in his divine life, since Christians are by grace partakers of the divine nature, according to St. Peter. For us, Pentecost affirms that the body of Christ which is filled with his blood and enlivened by the Holy Spirit, is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Just as Christ became man within the womb of the Theotokos, so we become like God within the womb of the church, as we become active members of this mystical body that transcends time and space. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, in the same way as the consubstantial Holy Trinity is united, the whole body of the Church is conceived as one, ascending in Christ through the fusion and union of two people into the composition of the new, perfect whole. The Church is the holy body of Christ on earth. Therefore, unity, not equality, is the necessary prerequisite for its members. A dismembered body is either becoming or is already a corpse. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. Rate, subscribe, share. And for more content, visit thepodvic.com and sign up now. You can receive articles as well as full transcripts from every podcast episode.